Was it uh, devastating? Uh, was it uh, a, a, an absolute demonstration of why impeachment, or at least an impeachment inquiry, is necessary for Joe Biden? Uh, we will get to that. And uh, meanwhile, we are waiting for any moment for the uh, new latest indictments to be announced, to be handed down regarding President Trump. Apparently what they're saying is that today at some point, very possibly during the time that we are broadcasting, uh, they will have an announcement about the latest stage of the Jack Smith investigation and the uh, the indictments, the new charges about President Trump regarding trying to overturn the election. And this is not simply about people bursting into the Capitol building and smashing windows and uh, making poop on the floor and uh, basically having a, a, a crazy guy with a bare chest and a spiked uh, helmet with horns on it uh, taking over <laughs> the front of the House chamber. It wasn't that. It, it was this idea that when an election is held, it doesn't stand, that you can overturn it. That is what uh, the basic charge would be against President Trump and uh, obstruction of a legal process. Speaking of obstruction, there was a close call today in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, it's something that I feel very directly because I have actually spoken on behalf of the institution that was threatened, which uh, used to be known as the Yeshiva of the South. It is a, uh, a Jewish uh, parochial school and a very fine one, by the way, in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, where a shooter uh, came out, uh, discharged his weapon because he was unable to break into the building, by the way, which is a great lesson of how important precautions are. We will get to that story. We'll also be speaking with E.J. Dion about the bitterness, the rancidness of U.S. politics right now and the entire political story being something as to who is worse, who is more deserving of prison and impeachment and disgrace and jail. Uh, it's not either side. I mean, is there anyone who really believes that, that Donald Trump is an outstanding leader? I mean, just exactly what the Republican Party needs. Uh, there are a number of pieces today, uh, one by Henry Olson from the Ethics and Public Policy Center, uh, conservative writer for uh, Washington Post, and one by Andrew McCarthy for the National Review uh, about why Donald Trump is a sure, I mean, 100% sure loser, they both argue, in the general election, even if he can get through the primary. We'll also, speaking of general election, be speaking to a remarkable candidate locally here in Seattle, somebody who wants to turn city government around and is running for city council. It's a Marine Corps veteran and a former uh, Seattle police officer who has also worked in the restaurant industry. Interesting guy. We'll be speaking with him as to what needs to be done to save this city from the uh, the the negative factors, and I'm not not talking about bad trades by the Mariners. Leave that alone. 
they they won last night anyway. But no, we're talking about uh, basically just the standard of living and of crime and of orderliness that we go through. Uh, there is a piece today in Newsweek by Dara Roche, and uh, it's about the Devon Archer testimony yesterday. Uh, the uh, the lead says Devin Archer, a former business partner of Hunter Biden, appears to have failed to provide Republicans in the House of Representatives with any evidence of wrongdoing by President Joe Biden. Archer testified before the House Oversight Committee yesterday in a highly anticipated appearance where he was expected to say that Hunter Biden had put his father on speakerphone during business calls on multiple occasions. His closed-door testimony to the committee seems to have been a dud, however, as Democratic and Republican members of the panel appear to acknowledge that he did not provide evidence of the president's alleged involvement in his son's business dealings. Uh, The White House has repeatedly denied that Biden had any involvement with his son's business dealings as the GOP-led House pursues its investigations. And and by the way, one of the things that makes those investigations a lot easier and makes President Biden a lot more vulnerable if he actually did uh, engage in personal enrichment uh, through Hunter Biden and dealing with China and dealing with Ukrainian oil conglomerates like Burisma, if he did engage in any of that, this is somebody who as a senator and as a vice president of the United States for eight years, published his tax returns. Uh, There's no comparison to uh, Donald J. Trump, who, of course, fought like a tiger, as he usually does, to keep his tax returns private and secret and unpublished. You can go back and look at Joe Biden's tax returns. And uh, did he end up doing well, particularly writing books, particularly during the eight years where he was uh, uh, serving as vice president and then the four years after his vice presidency before he ran for president? Uh, Sure, he, he did very well. But the idea of obscuring the kind of payments that his son received uh, which are completely outrageous. And you see, there, there's so much that, that Hunter Biden did that is indefensible, that is disgusting, that is shameful, that shows a person of very low character and very, very deep problems. Uh, and is it fair to have children uh, judged by their parents? No. It is also not entirely fair to have parents judged uh, by their children. The um, uh, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, suggested last week that the Republican probe into the president is, quote, rising to the level of impeachment inquiry. However, Archer's testimony, writes Dara Roche in Newsweek, Archer's testimony appears to have provided little for Republicans to work with. Uh, Republican Representative Andy Biggs was asked about Archer's testimony by reporters yesterday. A video of his exchange with reporters on Fox News was shared to Twitter by the user ASIN. And uh, 
basically the uh, uh, did he talk about the bribe at all? One reporter asked. This is likely a reference to an alleged bribe paid by Ukrainian gas company Burisma. He didn't know anything about that, Biggs replied. Now, this is Andy Biggs. This is one of the most pro-Trump members of Congress from Arizona, one of the people who fought to, yes, overturn the election of 2020. He didn't know anything about that, Biggs replied, while moving away from the reporters before getting into his car. A Democratic representative, Daniel Goldman, said, I just left the interview of Devin Archer, and I was the only member who stayed for the whole time. These are the facts. Archer testified that Joe Biden never discussed any business with Hunter and his associates. So what is the basis for this impeachment? We will get to that and more coming up on The Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. Makes no sense. The Michael Medved Show. show uh, there is talk that they are going to try to put together another plea bargain deal within the next uh, 25 days with Hunter Biden and the prosecutors the federal prosecutors who've been assigned to his case for five years why is it taking so long uh, why are all of the Trump um, uh, at, at, at tax, the uh, all of the Trump accusations, why have they taken so long to be adjudicated? And there's an interesting point that is made today. Uh, there's a point made by Henry Olson, which is that one of the things that happens is that uh, Democrats really do want Trump to be the nominee. Uh, they they recognize that Trump would be a very, very juicy target for the Democrats. And the idea of Trump going through the entire primary period with a whole variety of, of court cases against him uh, actually would help him lock up the GOP nomination because a lot of people feel sorry for him on the Republican side – at the same time uh, that it would give the Democrats a candidate who, in the midst of the general election, when they have finished deciding who the Republican is going to be, is going to still be preoccupied with about seven different court cases uh, that you can't postpone. If they continue to postpone them till after the election on the assumption that Trump will win the election – and then pardon himself. Uh, I, I'm sorry, most people who uh, are not huge fans of Trump, and this is one of those things that Andy McCarthy makes very clear in a very, very powerful editorial that he wrote today uh, for National Review. One of the things that Andy points out is that, uh, look, Trump is an energetic guy, uh, but he's 77 years old. And how are you going to campaign 
against Joe Biden, even if you assume that Joe Biden spends most of his time in a basement again or, or is very slow or is even if you assume that he is the nominee with there are more and more conversations, Joe Biden might not be the nominee. But in any event, it's one of those situations where a preoccupied Trump who is too busy trying to avoid conviction and imprisonment uh, to actually have a positive campaign is is a very, very vulnerable figure. Uh, he has never before in any national election gotten more than 46 percent, even as the incumbent. That was what he got last time, was 46 percent. And by the way, very consistently, uh, the the... Uh, ideas that f that number 46% is very important because that shows the number of people who support someone other than Trump or who do not support Trump within the Republican Party. Now, even if you assume that uh, with Trump having 54% and he's way ahead of any of his other competitors because it, nothing is consolidated, sure, it's right, You're, he's very likely to win the primary. But how do you win a general election if uh, during a primary there are more than a third and uh, considerably more than a third of the members of your party who want somebody else? And you can say, well, you've got the same thing for Biden. Biden, except Biden doesn't have anyone else right now and by the way to, to say that Biden is a strong candidate or a brilliant candidate I think is uh, also not viable or credible in any sense uh, 1-800-955-1776 our phone number the um, news on the Hunter Biden crime spree that Republicans are uh, very very concerned about putting an emphasis on, uh, that came out because of yesterday's testimony by Devin Archer, the longtime business associate of Hunter Biden. And uh, this is the way it was covered on CBS News, clip one. Hunter Biden's former business partner answered questions from the House Oversight Committee for several hours yesterday. Lawmakers say Devin Archer told them that the president's son sold the Biden brand. The Republicans and Democrats disagree about whether it was real access or the illusion of access. Appearing behind closed doors before the Republican-led probe, Devin Archer was one of Hunter Biden's closest business associates and served alongside the president's son on the board of Burisma, a Ukraine energy firm. Both Republicans and Democrats said Archer testified that Hunter Biden put his father on speakerphone around business associates. Last night, the Republican chairman of the House Oversight Committee called the testimony damaging. He knew exactly who his son was getting those millions and millions of dollars of wires from, and he spoke to him, and he spoke to them often. But a Democrat who was there during Archer's interview said he did not hear any evidence of wrongdoing by President Biden. The witness was very, very consistent that none of those conversations ever had to do with any business dealings or transactions. They were purely what he called casual conversation. And the White House went further, saying House Republicans' own much-hyped witness testified that he never heard of President Biden discussing business with his son or his son's associates or doing anything wrong.
And uh, again, that's what the uh, coverage from uh, at, at least the Democratic side of the press has to say. It, it is not the kind of uh, situation where there is a direct indictment here of the president on something that is impeachable. Why not? Because none of it has to do with something that President Biden did while he was president. In fact, most of it has to do with stuff that he did after he was vice president. And he can't be impeached at this point for um, wrongdoing while he was vice president. Now, he could be charged by the Justice Department or by some local prosecutor. He could be charged for something he did that was illegal, that was a violation of the law while he was vice president. But no one's come forward with what that might be. Uh, Representative Daniel Goldman, who is the only uh, member of Congress who actually participated in uh, every minute of the Devin Archer testimony. Otherwise, people were going in and out of the room and listening to highlights or focusing on highlights that supported whatever their point of view was. A representative, Daniel Goldman, uh, had uh, some fascinating interchanges with uh, Anderson Cooper and others. We will get to him. Also to uh, Carl Rove blasting that defense of uh, Joe Biden's calls. The, the idea of those calls being the wrong thing to do, uh, any calls involving Hunter Biden probably were. But does that grounds for impeachment? Uh, there is a powerful piece uh, in the Washington Post about why impeachment could backfire against the Republican Party. We'll get to that coming up. Talking about uh, uh, Congressman Daniel Goldman, who is a three-term congressman from New York State. He um, was the only member of Congress. First of all, he's the only Democrat who attended the questioning of Devin Archer. And uh, he comes across with a very different report on it. And... uh, He says, I just left the interview of Devin Archer, and I was the only member who stayed for the whole time. He uh, posted on social media, and then he put on his Twitter, these are the facts. Number one, Archer testified that Joe Biden never discussed any business with Hunter and his associates. And number two, there was no bribe from Burisma to Joe or to Hunter. Uh, The Democrats uh, told reporters yesterday there is not a shred of evidence of a single conflict of interest of President Biden ever doing anything in connection or in relation to Hunter Biden's business ventures other than advocating for the removal of a prosecutor general who was advantageous to Burisma. The only evidence we have right now of any official action by President Biden in connection to Hunter Biden's business interests is bad for Hunter Biden's business interests, he said. The um, 
CNN national security reporter whose name is Zachary Cohen suggested yesterday that Archer's evidence was hardly the, quote, smoking gun Republicans had been seeking. Quote, I'm hearing from sources who were in the room after hours of testimony. We just saw Devin Archer leaving. Sources saying he did not deliver that smoking gun that Republicans had hoped for. Uh, Cohen went on to say that Archer had told the community, the committee, that Hunter Biden was trying to essentially trick business partners into thinking he could provide access to his father. In other words, no one has any question at all that the sleazebag known as Hunter Biden was trying to sell, quote, the Biden brand, was trying to sell the idea that his father uh, could, uh, uh, would, would somehow uh, be uh, accessible if they hired Hunter and they paid him enough money. The, the question here is, did, did his father do anything uh, deliberately to support that idea? That idea that uh, if you pay Hunter, uh, you can get favors from me. And most of all, did he do any favors for any of these uh, particular uh, Ukrainian or Russian or uh, Chinese corporations? And the evidence uh, uh, seems to be lacking on that. Uh, this is uh, Dan Goldman, the Democratic representative from New York, not the only one, but one from the 10th District, who uh, was on with Anderson uh, Cooper concerning the uh, Hunter Biden plea deal and the probe of that plea deal uh, by a series of congressional committees. This is clip 16. It's truly stunning to me. Uh, this is the taxpayer-funded defense and political arm of Donald Trump. The fact that a three committee congressional investigation is looking into the plea deal of a private citizen, by the way, a plea deal that was entered into by a Trump appointed U.S. attorney who President Biden kept on to ensure the independence of the investigation, that they would now actually use taxpayer funds in order to investigate a, a plea deal is absolutely preposterous and just demonstrates how far afield this Republican Party is from the American people and what they care about. They don't care about Hunter Biden. They care about the cost of their groceries. They care about their health care. They care about children getting killed at school and not about what Hunter Biden's tax uh, plea deal is. Um, that's uh, Daniel Goldman. This is uh, Congressman Goldman speaking to the press on Capitol Hill after spending several hours uh, listening to and asking questions of uh, Devin Archer, the former partner of Hunter Biden. Uh, clip eight. There were niceties and there was a hello and there we talked about the weather or whatever it was, but it was never any business. Okay, he's talking uh, about the uh, niceties that uh, that Devin Archer talked about overhearing uh, Vice President Biden uh, talking w on some 20 different phone calls, apparently, with uh, a foreign representatives at his son's request. 
Uh, Carl Rove uh, blasted this uh, defense, uh, Dan Goldman's defense of Joe Biden's calls with Hunter's business partners. Uh, this is Carl uh, Rove on Fox News, uh, clip A. Well, uh, Goldman's uh, comments were ri- ridiculous. Think about this. Why did Burisma hire Devin Archer? Because he was close to a longtime political associate of a bagman for the then sitting U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry. Why did they put uh, Hunter Biden on the board? Certainly not an expert in Ukraine, knows nothing about the natural gas business, has never been a part of a corporate governance structure. Why did they hire him? Because he is a son of the sitting vice president of the United States. There is a direct connection between Biden, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, their father and son. Look, I used to spend some time in Central Europe, the old Soviet empire. And one of the one of the gifts left by the Soviets is an aura of corruption. If you had problems with the with the government of Kiev or Warsaw or Bratislava, you hired an American. And what better Americans to hire uh, for Burisma to hire than this than the buddy of the sitting vice president, uh, excuse me, secretary of state and the son of the sitting vice president of the United States. Okay, the the idea that uh, Hunter Biden was not qualified to work for Burisma or Burisma hired him because his last name was Biden, of course that's true. Uh, here's more from Carl Rove. There was corruption right from the get-go. And the fact that the vice president, then vice president, now president, thinks that's his to advantage to say, I never talked to my son about his business. He should have talked about him and said, son, you're involved in a corrupt company. I'm in charge of the policy of the United States government to discourage corruption in Ukraine. And you're embarrassing me. You and Devin Archer ought to get the heck out of there. And instead, we had this mealy-mouthed explanation by Goldman that, oh, we never saw him making, talking about business deals. Well, what the heck was he doing on the phone? What do you think Hunter wanted him on the phone for? To say, remember, my dad is the vice president of the United States. I'm a big dog. He's a big dog. Do business with us. That's exactly what it was all about. Okay. I I don't think there's any question at all about what Karl Rove is saying. The question is, a basis for an impeachment inquiry? Really? Is that uh, where we are right now? Uh, There is um, much more on this, but there is also this uh, story about a um, a, a, a apparently very deranged individual who uh, actually attended a Jewish religious school. He is of uh, Jewish heritage, and uh, his name is Bowman. And an armed man who allegedly fired a gun and tried to enter a Jewish school in Memphis was in critical condition after an officer shot him during a traffic stop. That was after his attempt to break into the Jewish school, which is um, uh, the Margolin Hebrew Academy, uh, as it's known, and uh, the Feinstone Yeshiva of the South. It's a a well-known a Jewish school that is connected to uh, what used to be the largest by membership Orthodox synagogue, believe it or not, in the country, uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, We will get to that story and what uh, Margolin Hebrew Academy, what they did right to prevent uh, any uh, teachers or students. Students weren't mostly there. They don't come back till August 17th. But there were teachers who were present. No one was hurt except for the shooter who fired his guns outside the building before uh, he was taken down by the police. We will 
We'll get to that and more coming up. Medved show. Uh, I was shocked this morning to read about the shooting uh, outside of a, a Jewish school in Memphis, Tennessee. One of the reasons it was shocking to me was, uh, honest to goodness, it's just so bizarre. But this past weekend, uh, we had uh, house guests, uh, a mother and father and their two twin daughters who were 19. Uh, all of whom were involved with this school. And uh, the girls had graduated uh, from the uh, uh, the school that was involved here, the Margolin Hebrew Academy. And uh, they had gone on to their gap year in Israel, and now they were going away to, uh, to college at various places, one to Columbia. But in any event, the, the point being... Uh, that these were uh, terrific people who obviously it's it's tough to build up a religious school and to be a successful religious school, especially in a small Jewish community like Memphis. But uh, they had done it. And then comes this uh, this bulletin today that a uh, an armed man who allegedly fired a gun and tried to enter a Jewish school in Memphis was in critical condition after an officer shot him during a traffic stop. Uh, shortly after noon on Monday, the Memphis Police Department received a call about an unidentified man who reportedly fired his handgun outside the Margolin Hebrew Academy. Police said in a statement, no one was injured. Uh, police said, thankfully, that school had a great safety procedure and process in place and avoided anyone being harmed or injured at that scene, said the assistant police chief, Don Crow. Um the suspect fled the scene in a maroon pickup truck with California plates before police arrived, and police said they were able to track the vehicle to Bartlett, Tennessee, after being given a description by the school. Officers conducted a traffic stop, at which time the driver exited the vehicle armed with a handgun, the police statement said. This is the way it was covered locally uh, by CBS in Memphis, Tennessee of a potential mass shooting that was prevented at a Jewish school in Memphis. The Memphis police say a suspect attempted to gain entry into Margolin Hebrew Academy. When he couldn't get in the building, he opened fire. Police are hailing the school for its safety plan, saying that prevented anyone from being harmed. The suspect fled the scene and was later shot by the police during a traffic stop. The congressman who represents the area called this, quote, an apparent act of violent anti-Semitism. Memphis police say just after noon today, this man attempted to enter the Margolin Hebrew Academy carrying a gun. There was a male white-white green shirt on a property armed with a gun. They say when he failed to get inside, he fired shots outside the school and fled. Thankfully, that school had a great safety procedure and process in place and avoided anyone being harmed or injured at that scene. The school provided police with a photo of the suspect and a description of the vehicle he was driving, a maroon pickup truck with California plates. Officers quickly spotted the vehicle and pulled him over. The suspect pulled the vehicle over. He immediately merged out of the vehicle with the gun in his hand, and that resulted in an officer discharging his duty weapon. That suspect was struck. That suspect has been transported to Regional One Hospital in critical condition. 
And uh, there have been some uh, reports not confirmed as yet that he may have died. The name of the suspect, uh, according to um, another report by Bria Jones for WREG News, uh, indicates that the suspect's name was Joel Bowman. And the uh, congressman, Steve Cohen, who represents Memphis, he's a Democrat, said in a statement the suspect himself was Jewish and a former student at the school. We've recently learned that the shooter of the Margolin Hebrew Academy was himself Jewish and a former student at the school. I am pleased the academy had effective security and that the police acted quickly to protect students, uh, said Congressman Cohen. A family and friends are identifying the suspect as Joel Bowman, a member of the Jewish community, former student. Brittany Eshelman Warch also attended the academy. She said, quote, genuinely to the core, I don't think he would ever intentionally hurt someone. He has struggled with mental health for a number of years. Great. Twenty years ago, she says his father, a respected doctor who also suffered from mental illness, was shot and killed by Memphis police. Uh, someone felt unsafe and called the police and he was going to put down the gun. He had turned around and I think it was like nine or ten police officers all opened fire at the same time and completely mutilated him. Well, okay, if, if the guy had turned around and he's holding a gun and there were other people around him who had called the police, she said the shooting had traumatized Bowman, understanding the weight of what could have happened She's asking people not to pass judgment. I can't justify him walking into a school with a gun. There's no rhyme or reason for it. However, I don't believe he was going to hurt anyone. Oh, no. I mean, he just fired his gun outside to get people's attention. Assistant Chief Don Crow said a broadcast was put out for the suspect's maroon truck and schools citywide put on lockdown. Uh, shortly afterward, the officers pulled him over on McCrory Avenue. The image, images captured by an eyewitness show the moments after police say the suspect got out of the car armed with a gun and an officer opened fire. I, I think that one of the reasons I'm spending some time with this is, uh, as, you, as you know, there's been um, a federal investigation uh, mandated for the Memphis Police Department, this same police department, because the Tyree Nichols shooting, uh, which was horrible. But uh, to give some credit to police officers who, who ev every day are avoiding disasters and dealing with very dangerous people. I mean, the idea that Someone who has uh, uh, battled mental illness for a long time. He didn't mean to hurt anybody. Uh, look, the great majority of people who are involved with mass shootings uh, are people who have uh, dire, dire mental problems. And uh, again... As, as a number of people have said, congratulations to the staff of the Margolin Hebrew Academy who uh, kept uh, their own employees safe and kept the school itself safe. 
And congratulations to the Memphis Police Department, which at least in terms of uh, the way this story appears, handled this situation with a maximum of professionalism and responsibility. Uh, Coming up, uh, we're going to be speaking to somebody who wants to uh, do something to provide better support for the uh, law enforcement forces here in Seattle locally. He is a cop who is running for city council and deserves on election day. Yeah, it's local election day. That means you have to get your ballot into a mailbox or a drop box somewhere to get it uh, out there today, your last chance. And uh, a last chance to support people like Aaron Marshall, who's going to be joining us, a Marine Corps veteran and a Seattle police officer who works on a team called the Community Response Group. He now wants to respond to the community by giving us the kind of political leadership that is desperately needed here in Seattle. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about the rancidness of national politics. And yes, uh, E.J. Dion, a columnist for The Washington Post, uses that idea. How do we counteract that, that level of the rancidness of politics and to get involved with maybe, maybe upgrading the basis for uh, what we talk about? Uh, has... Um, uh, Governor DeSantis made a positive contribution by releasing a 10-point economic plan. Uh, He calls it a 10-point declaration of economic independence. Well, he's involved also with all kinds of other uh, conflicts, and he's just invited uh, Kamala Harris to come down to Florida to debate him about the way that uh, the black history curriculum took shape in that uh, controversial one detail from a very complicated curriculum at that in the state of Florida. We will cover that and uh, more, uh, plus uh, Whoopi Goldberg saying that DeSantis wants to erase black people. Really? Uh, We'll get to that charge and much more in this greatest nation on God's green earth. Sign up today for the free Medved newsletter with new columns, commentaries, and movie reviews. Go to Michael.